A big shout out to Saucony for sponsoring our season two production costs. At Saucony, a good day is when we get to run. A great day is when we inspire someone else to run. Run for good and thanks for keeping track. This is Keeping Track and you're listening to Molly Huddle, Alicia Montano, and Roisin McGettigan-Dumas. We want to highlight the important topics, inspiring stories, and amazing women in sport. We're three Olympians from two countries, two moms, and one current pro coming together to talk about issues we're passionate about in the sports world. And we care about the current and future landscape of women's sports. And this is just how we're keeping track. Today, Alicia, Rowe, and I catch up, and then Alicia and I talk to USA long jump legend Brittany Reese. Brittany's a seven-time world championship gold medalist, a 2012 Olympic champion, and 2016 Rio silver medalist, and the Indoor American record holder in the event. We talked to her about her pandemic year, training at the Olympic Training Center in Chula Vista, California, life with her son, how she's giving back to kids in her Mississippi hometown, and what she has planned for the future. Enjoy becoming a fan of the LJ Beast, Brittany Reese. Hey everyone, welcome back to Keeping Track. We're here with our catch-up. We have Alicia and we have Roisin. Um, We're going to check in with these ladies and see how are you doing? What's new with everyone? Well, Ro has been missing this time around. Ro, tell us what's been up on your side. Tell us about the baby. Yeah, so my baby's officially finished that fourth trimester today. So he's three months um I wish he was sleeping through the night but he's not <laughs> so and um, but he's adorable and I'm enjoying him and um trying to keep kind of keep What's that the space around Rory baby Rory <laughs> yeah um uh. and yeah it's good um yeah then the, two other little ones at school and you know I was giving my daughter hugged the other day to go to school and I'm like you feel a bit warm and then next minute she's out of school for two days COVID test and I just shift everything around that you know so it's just the old living in the old pandemic thing is you know barrel of laughs I know yes if you have a slight to rock the boat yeah yeah. if you have any symptom it's like stop your day go get a test cancel everything like yeah bubble your family yeah 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 so look it's just this what times are living so Mm -hmm. just kind of like trying to Ah, breathe. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend telling me that that we're gonna have a ton of these heart stopping moments. No matter what happens, you're gonna be like, <gasps> COVID, and then you know need to figure mm-hmm. out that you're fine or you're you know still yeah. fine, but you've got yeah. COVID. <laughs> yeah, possible. I know. Yeah, Lucas. Yeah, but she is fine and negative, negative yeah. results. But it just like you know, it just doesn't take much as you're kind of balancing it all to like one hate plate too much on one side flips the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I was mentioning to you guys, I think it's interesting because, you know, all of us work for ourselves and, you know, you just having a baby, I really feel like six months is, you know, kind of where maternity leave should be. But when you work for yourself, it's kind of impossible Mm -hmm. to really make that a reality, but it's just Mm -hmm. about letting all your partners know the flex space that you need Mm -hmm. to do X, Y, and Z. And if, something does have to get canceled because there's so many changes that happen in those first six months. If something has to get canceled, like, please don't make me feel mm-hmm. like it's the worst thing on the planet that I couldn't make. That. I know. Yeah. yeah. And I think people so are most understanding for up to a certain point, but then it's like, well, if you've committed to something, it's like, you know, 
Um, and it's, I think sometimes it's internal as well. Do you ever feel that, Alicia? It's like we ha- we're holding a bit of fear. Like we have to show up or else what if they don't come back in six months or whatever, do you know? So yeah. that's for me, I'm recognizing that in myself. Like why am I saying yes to those things? You know, there's, there's mm-hmm. a bit of fear, the charge when you work for yourself around what's around the corner versus like, all right. Like I see my husband just like, not that he doesn't work really hard, but you know, he, he just has this is a different dynamic when you work in, you know, for somebody versus yourself. It's like, if I'm not working, I'm not getting paid. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think you're right about, you know, um, just there's this constant need to also prove to people like I can do this too. Don't like discount me, but mm-hmm. also the reality of your life right now does need a little bit more space. So you're not stressed out. And honestly, mm-hmm. stress mm-hmm. does kill. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, we know this from all being elite athletes, you know, What's mm-hmm. one of the things that your coach really wants you to mitigate your stress levels? Cause your yeah, body recognizes okay. stress as stress. And so if you add mm-hmm. to it, you're not going to be able to be your best self. You're going to take away, you're going to add cortisol to your yeah. body, which ultimately doesn't allow you an opportunity to recover. So yeah, uh, there's yeah. a little science lesson for y'all listening right now. <laughs> and um, like babies are so fleeting, you know, it's just yeah, like, they're like true. they're in your you hands and they're back. growing in your hands and you're like, Oh, they're, Oh, it's good. I can't believe he's able to do that thing now. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. So it's you like trying to preserve that. No, yeah, and yeah. enjoy that. So, yeah. But then also not feeling guilty when you're like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> when you want to be like, bye. Yeah. There's exactly. times when you just want to be like, oh, and there's yeah. times when you be like, I have to go walk. Yes. And I don't want to be on a call. I just want to just go for a walk. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. I love that. I know. Like, Molly. get the guilt away. Get the guilt away. Yes, get bye the bye. guilt away. Let's live. <laughs> but hey, what are you going to do? Molly, <laughs> we talked about like a, removing a layer after this whole election that was drug out oh, is yeah, continuing yeah. to be, but it's whether yeah. we have a president elect and how that weight has kind of dropped off. How are you feeling, Mal? Yeah, I think I spoke with both of you about how like the next day when they looked like things were tipping towards um, one over the other, Biden, not Trump, we were kind of like, Phew. like I didn't realize I was so tense for so long. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. it just feels like, it just felt like kind of a little bit of a let go release, even though obviously, a lot of issues have been uncovered in the last four years that still have to be um, paid attention oh, to. Yeah. It's like you just feel a little more, I don't know, my, I, yeah. less brighter, days brighter, bodies lighter, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I and I'm just, relief. Yeah. The like yeah. layers of emotion. I was like out there. I thought I was disconnected a little bit because I had to with the baby. And then I had all this like emotional release that I was like, wow, like these were, these were, that's obviously was hogging my system somewhere. Like you said, Molly, like Mm -hmm. background apps, just draining the battery and just like Mm -hmm. causing stress and to just like, oh my God, they're they're deleted now. But for some people, they're not like my husband's still carrying that stress. I'm like, he won, get over it. And he's like, no, there's so much more. And I'm like that you're going to have to manage that stress because there's always going to be something and we have to Mm -hmm. regulate it in our system. But Mm -hmm. what are you thinking about it, Alicia? Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm, my son's about to be nine months old. I'm like pumping my boob in like two seconds. I feel like I can just like do the things that I like want to do happily without thinking about. Yeah. I mean, I still think about it, but thinking about it in such like this harbored stressful way of like, what are we going to do? And then, oh my gosh, four more years of this, Mm. that that's just a lot to just think Mm. about. And so I'm more than happy to move on and to allow the United States of America a, f- a new beginning, just to move on to something more fresh. It's not going to change overnight. We're not going to be perfect. People are still going to be harboring all these hateful thoughts 
thoughts and actions. And I just mm-hmm. hope that we can move towards unity. I really want that. I mean, I really don't know mm-hmm. who, I mean, who doesn't want that? Obviously some people love keeping the negativity alive, but mm-hmm. you know, as long as I really do think mm-hmm. as much as for some reason, people are like, Oh, you know, stop with your feelings, whatever love does Trump hate. And I really think the more that we can hone in on oh, our yeah. unifying um, mm-hmm. aspects of what make us good. I do think people are inherently good. If we can really hone in on the things that, you know, bring us together. Mm -hmm. I just am feeling that I'm feeling that. I mean, just even just speeches, the unifying speeches versus the Mm -hmm. narcissistic ideals of just Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. It's Alicia believes (sighs) in you, America. She believes in you. I do. Right. (laughs) Right. And yeah, I just want for better for us. Did yes. you guys catch better, the Dave better. Chappelle monologue at Saturday Night Live? On yeah, weekend? yep. It was so I good. It. I, it's so good. It's worth checking out, Lisa, because he kind of talks about how he doesn't hate anybody. He hates the, the what he hates is the feeling that these pe- that people have, right, about mm-hmm. being um, abandoned or forgotten about or, you know, are just in a bad situation and that, that kind of angst that they're feeling is kind of, okay maybe this guy will help me or whatever and he's like mm-hmm. well, all kind of hate those that, those situations and those feelings and process them you know we don't have to be we don't have to hate each other you know yeah I and agree I, loved it. I thought that was very unifying and Ooh. kind of let's look boom zoom out a bit more and like kind of connect to the humanity that no matter what side you're on you yeah know, there was a lot a lot of videos and articles and memes good memes (laughs) all of it came flooding in um well totally I know I felt I felt like the goodness like just came started flooding in and I mean it depends on I guess who you follow or whatever else but if you are following people that are keeping it negative y'all gotta move on you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like that's just I'm so tired of the blue versus red and the blah 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 Mm -hmm. like guys honestly Mm -hmm. like but let's just let's breathe right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and Kamala Harris. Oh my God, she's just yeah. Sorry, it's just such a positive, like hopeful. Like it's yes, go the women. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kamala's great. I think it's what's interesting is, I if somebody want people want on you. You know, if it wasn't your candidate, just to find everything about everybody again, fresh start. It wasn't working, you know, I am. but <laughs> fresh start, you know, let's be honest. How many people are literally sitting and following every single candidate for their entire lives? We're going to mm-hmm. keep on learning different things about X, Y, and Z. But like the fact of the matter is we need mm-hmm. a fresh start. We're going to go mm-hmm. there. We're going to lean into that. We're going to lean into notification. I am at least. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you're following me, I am. I am going to be real as I always am, but I'm leaning into like happy, love, joy, unification, fresh starts. That's yes. where I need to go. Yes. Yeah. 2020, we done with you, girl. We done. <laughs> oh, yeah, this like happy ending we needed after this like uh, crazy ride. Yeah. Bye, Felicia. Bad movie. Said- this bad movie of 2020. <laughs> we needed the Disney fairy tale ending, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. So Molly, you can ask though with their three yeah, tell us, Molly. one race. What's that about? What's the deal, Molly? Yeah, we talked all about everything else. Let's talk about that. Keep track of Molly. 
Um, so yeah. Molly, can you brag on yourself? <laughs> Own it. Three and one. Tell us what, what the hour, tell us about it. All of it. I'm more in the what Britney Reese. I'm in the Britney Reese camp of not liking to talk, but I'll, um, I'll bring it up. We did the hour record attempt at a small track in Massachusetts. It was my coach Ray's idea way back in like July to, to do it because he saw that the record was, I I want to say it was 538s or 540s per mile for an hour for roughly 10 and a half miles. Um, it was by Nancy uh, Kahn's, a cool lady. She was a running pioneer back in the late 80s. And um, so, yeah, we wanted to go out and see how low I could go. I was hoping to go like 519, 520 per mile. So I was kind of actually like embarrassed that like people were going to say that it's a record, but it's actually like not even my mar- like half marathon <laughs> time. But, you know, it was raining. I'm not very fit right now. And it was a really fun goal that we could have. Like I've never done a race for distance before instead of time. Um, and it was just a local meet my husband set up. We had about three finishers in our race and we had a master's 5k. So there was like 13 people there running total. So we just were making the best of it really. You know, it was, it was 2020 micro meet uh, vibes for sure. (laughs) And you had your DJ pumping your tune. And so tell us what were the results, Molly? Um, so I, I ran the three records. Tell us the times. I don't even know the distance. It was like 17,000 300 meters. I don't remember the meters number. I have to look. But it was it an hour was, record, American hour it was an record. Hour, hour record, and then en route there was a 10 mile and a 15k track record. The track records are separate from the road records, which is why it's like kind of an obscure thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I had. Were a, they ratified? I don't think they are yet, but they will be. We had USATF like there and drug testing there and stuff. So Perfect. they they hopefully will be if we didn't mess up. And yeah, Roisin was there with the kids. Yeah, great. She dragged yeah, the them kids out. Yeah, kids around in the rain. I was like, oh, they're going to be they're miserable. Like, and they just, they, they wouldn't were wear their jackets. <laughs> no, they weren't. They weren't. They took off their jackets. They were splashing around in puddles and running around into long pit, long pits. It was great. It was exactly what they needed. It was great yeah. to be at a sporting event as well. And um, and Molly, what was the challenge of that of that distance? What was the hardest thing? If you're not looking at laps or you're listening for splits or, you know, was it hard to sprint? Was it, you know, was it, you know, was it weird? Yeah, it was weird because when you, towards the end, well, you kind of just have to guess what pace you can hold for an hour, right? And try and break it down and hold it even because you don't know. And so we guessed 80s per lap and I was hoping I could kind of kick it in, but I was not feeling great and was kind of just alone at the end there. So when you start to get tired and you know, it's for time, you're actually, it's hard to not slow down and just run out the clock. I was like, no, you need to like get more, cover more ground. So yeah, it's weird to not kick. And it's just weird to not kick, you know, to beat someone. Mm -hmm. Like I just, Mm -hmm. that's what gets me to push. So yeah. Like to be competitive and like, or like, yeah oh, to the finish line you're kind of like where's the finish line give me the finish line I know there is no finish line <laughs> yeah cool um great so tell us about Brittany um and the conversation that's coming up for our listeners yes so Alicia and I talked to Brittany Reese in this interview she is an American long jumper um probably the best of all time she has seven gold medals including uh 2012 olympic gold uh she was i believe silver in rio in 2016 and she rarely leaves without a medal for her whole career so she's she's a indoor american record holder um close to that uh outdoor american record and 
has talked about getting a world record. So she is the goat of long jump and it was Mm -hmm. great to talk to her. I feel like, um, a lot of the field eventers don't get as much coverage in track and field. And so we want more people to know her story. She's, she gives back to her community and she's really inspiring, uh, part of team USA. Great. Grace. Yeah. I, I was, my pump is going, everyone. Can you hear it? (laughs) Let me pause it. (laughs) I think like, it was just so awesome to be able to connect with, with B Reezy because she is, um, she has been at the forefront of our, of our field events um, for the last 10 years. And like Molly said, you know, they're underpaid. They're so underpaid and um, undervalued, underexposed um, in like a positive way. Using the word exposed sounds a little risque, but you know what I mean? And she's just such a great human. She's a mom. She is a community leader. Um, you know, she talks about honing in on her voice, um, even being a shy person and, and, you know, coming, um, into her own as being outspoken about things that matter, things that are right. And I know Molly can attest to that. Molly, uh, it's kind of funny because Molly's been my roommate for too long and I'm like, and Molly's like a little bit more shy in a lot of ways, but I've known her not to be that just because we're friends, but I know that she can understand, you know, what it's like to try to, you know, start talking about the things that matter so people can hear, people look up to Brittany as all of the things that she's done um, on the, you know, on the runway. And now they can Mm -hmm. see, okay, her views and the things that she cares about that are right align with mine and, you Mm -hmm. know, gives, um, the future generation, something to kind of look towards that's admirable outside of sport. That's cool. I can't wait to listen because I love her as a competitor. She seems like so fierce and um, I can't wait to hear more about like the rest of her as well. And as we kind of move into hopefully Olympics next year, um, it'd be great to kind of not, kind of even root for her as a knower but more to root for her. So excited about that. Yeah, we'll turn it over to Brittany Reese and hope you guys enjoy this interview and become new fans. Thanks for keeping track. Hey everyone, welcome back to Keeping Track. I have Alicia here and our awesome guest this week is Brittany Reese, eight-time gold medalist, two-time silver medalist, indoor American record holder in the long jump. She's the LJ beast. Brittany, thank you for, thanks for visiting with us before practice. How are you doing? I'm doing very How are you guys doing? Woo, I feel good. I feel good. I feel like we're turning a new leaf, you know, um, out here in the USA. So I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, our mood's brighter this week. Would you say, like, my mood is just brighter right now? I definitely agree on that. Everything looks real good. I'm full of up and up. Yes, this is the only way we can go right now. We are in the craziest situation still, though. COVID yeah. still is, um, you know, changing people's schedules. But I think right now everyone's been finding, I don't like using the new normal, but so right now right everyone's now, been finding their groove yeah. in the right now. Um, you're at the Olympic Training Center. What does it look like training there right now in 2020 with COVID? Um Right now, we, I mean, we're under strict rules with a lot of things. Um, we have to wear masks in the in the weight room. Um, we're free to wear them without in training, but we still have to, you know, stay the six, the, the distance away from each other. Um, we're in smaller groups and things like that. But 
um, so far that the, the training center is trying their hardest to, you know, accommodate us the best way they can and try to keep things as normal. But, you know, it's going to be some changes, but we're, we're adjusting pretty well. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's the only thing that we can do right now is make as many adjustments as possible. Um, what about family life? Let's get into it. You know, you've got um, your son. How old is he now? He will be 13 on the 19th. Wow, that's crazy. So you've yeah. got your son, you're training at the training center. We mm -hmm. are handling, everybody's doing their best. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm trying not to keep talking about COVID, but it's, yeah. it's still here. Yeah, um, it is what it is, yeah. So how is that going with training and also distance learning and helping facilitate? What's your son's name again? Alex. Alex, and helping yeah. facilitate um, his schoolwork. He's been doing pretty well with it. Um, he's online, obviously, like most of the kids are. <clears throat> so he get uh, make sure I get him up in the morning and um, I'm only gone for no more than three hours. So he's here at the house getting, he has to log in and out of his classes. He's in seventh grade. So he's in middle school. So he has to do a little bit more, um, but he's adjusting. Well, he doesn't like it. He's a social butterfly. So, you know, this is kind of killing him, but he has the opportunity to, you know, go outside and, and play with a couple of friends in, in the front of the house. So, um, like I said, he's doing pretty well with it, but I know he'd rather be in class. <laughs> oh, man, I, and then you also are a coach at um, San Diego Mesa College. Is that? Well, I was doing that. Yeah, I, um, yep. I stopped doing that um, recent, maybe a couple of years ago, uh, to get my master's. So I, I just recently got my master's about like a year, a year ago. So tell us in what? What did you get your master's in? So I got it in entrepreneurship, um, MBA. I, MBA in entrepreneurship, um, trying to go into learning more about businesses, opening businesses and things like that. Some life at the tracks type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do want to actually touch on that really quick. I think mm -hmm. something I wanted to ask you about and something Molly and I have talked about before is the business of track and field. Right. And um, a lot of people aren't fully aware of what it even, how you even uh, can make a living as a track and field athlete. Everybody doesn't get an opportunity to do that, that you, that you see compete. And some people that people think are making a ton of money are really just bare bones scraping by. And so um, from your perspective, how do you see the business of track and field and where do you think um, there can be improvements so that more athletes have an opportunity to make uh, living while they're pursuing their dreams. And can you also just a little add on perspective mm -hmm. as a field eventer? I don't know if we mm -hmm. yeah, that because yeah. I know yeah, that's important. You can be the best in the world, and like you might still need a part time job. So exactly. can you talk about that? Yeah, for me, I'm I'm just blessed enough to be able to be in a situation where I don't have to get that job. But I know a lot of the jumpers um, around um, have to work, juggle work and training. So it, I think the best way is to have more meets that are are paid in the United States. Because mm. a lot of the jumpers are not like, USA is, I wouldn't necessarily say USA is lacking in the jump area for women, but they're not as high caliber as they're going, uh, they're not going to get into those diamond leagues. And there's not, they're not going to get into those bigger meets. Um, but then we have a lot of more meets in the United States where athletes are able to go um, to meets and get paid. It, it might not, you know, not diamond league type money, but you know, some kind of money. Um, I think it'll help a lot um, in that aspect. But like as a jumper, yeah, we don't have enough meets period anyway. Um, you see they're cutting out events now in the diamond league and then they're trying to introduce another thing that we could we can get, but it's lower pay. The so diamond pay is 
10,000. I think the golden gold league or whatever they're trying to call it now will pay about five or between five or seven. So yeah. For our listeners, for our listeners, can you, um, I just want to equate like the diamond league. If everybody's Mm -hmm. kind of wondering what's the diamond league, it's kind of like our, um, our LPGA tournament. It's where, um, our, the bigger bulk of track and field athletes seasons, do culminate an opportunity to um, earn more prize money or prize money in the first place and also allow them an opportunity to compete against high caliber um, athletes. So, yeah, so that's what you, that's and able to get the, that world ranking that will put you that will put you at the end of the year, more possibilities to um, give you more money or lift you up to be able to get into more meets because that world ranking really does matter at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, we don't have a uniform league as track athletes, but the Diamond League, for intents and purposes, is kind of that. Like, it's the highest level league. And so if you want to make money in the sport, you have to get ranking points. You have to win those meets. You have to be allowed into those meets. You have to have an event at those meets. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot. Um, Yeah. I just don't think we have enough meets to meet everybody's need outside of, you know, um, sprinting and distance. Right. So when you talk about having more meets um, in the U.S., is that something mm-hmm. that you think that you've, you could put on or yeah. can meet? Yeah. Yeah, it's something that I've thought about. Um, I yeah. see a lot of um, I see a lot of managers and af- uh, older athletes or athletes that are retired now are trying to put those on to where um, like uh, they had Atlantic tr- Atlanta Track Club they're trying to put some on. I see Dwight Phillips trying to put some on. So once I think I'm done with the sport, I'm going to try to see if I can get in and try to get some. I mean, you don't have to be like Atlanta, then you can have some in Houston or Dallas. You know, it's the key main areas where athletes can come in and don't have to fly over the water to get a meeting Mm -hmm. and and get paid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're at a a, a disadvantage every time we fly over there. And that's where the bulk of our meets are at. So it kind of sucks for us that we have to continue to fly. And there's only one major USA meet and that's uh, Prefontaine. Yeah, you're spot on. And just to kind of further drive it home, everyone, um, you know, there are several athletes um, that rely on, you know, uh, sponsorships or some sponsorships to kind of allow them an opportunity to even travel. If you don't even have a sponsorship that pays you enough, then you're spending $10,000 dollars or whatever to hop around for me to meet that's anything that you could have earned for uh, um for a, a hopeful dream or an opportunity to be within the rankings and so um there's lots of problems to solve it's not only just the meets it's also yeah. allowing for people that uh companies that do want to sponsor athletes understanding of how it works for an independent athlete you know getting a four-year contract is really major to allow somebody an opportunity to uh, buy a home or to get a loan to buy a home. These one-year contracts don't really allow for athletes an opportunity to do that. So I'm saying all of this to say, yeah, especially being a field vendor. I'm saying all that to say like the fact that you've gotten your master's degree in entrepreneurship um, is going to, you know, elevate you of course, yeah. but you know, you've already been showing us um, how to give back and you've done so many amazing things in doing that, donating your time holding track camps, um, speaking out against br- police brutality. You've donated a hundred Thanksgiving turkeys. Um, 
created scholarships for um, your community back in Mississippi. So, you know, what are your plans for the future with your master's degree and all of the things that you've been doing within the community? So um, one of my main goals is the end goal for me really is to be a track coach. I want to be a track coach. I want to be able to give back uh, and give back to the sport uh, that has allowed me to be as successful as I am now. Um, but I also want to take that knowledge and go back home and uh, start my own track club. Um, growing up in Mississippi or the area of Mississippi where I'm at is with the southern part of Mississippi. Um, we don't have necessarily have track clubs, so kids don't have that opportunity to to go get exposure at some of these colleges or get seen because they're really talented. They just don't have the direction. And that's kind of where I feel like I got lost at because I didn't understand track and field growing up. I was a basketball player. I was just I was just running track just to stay in shape. Um, but now that I know, you know, so much, there's multiple um opportunities for kids out there uh, I just want to give back my time and my knowledge on trying to help these kids be able to go against some of the top athletes um, in the United States because and be able to make these world youth junior teams and be able to get exposure because we have a lot of tons we have tons of athletes in Mississippi that just are not seen you know I'm not the only one you know Bianca Knight there's you know there's tons of athletes that come from uh, Mississippi, but they just don't be able to get seen until they get to college. So, but they're not yeah. able to go to these bigger colleges. That's a great point. So that's, like, that's we have a lot of talent in the U.S. in general that I feel like just doesn't yeah. get access to track, doesn't um, yeah. figure it out that that's an opportunity for them because it's not in, it's not readily available. And so, right. like, there's a lot of talent where you're from. There's a lot of talent mm -hmm. everywhere that. They just need someone like you to come it's, back and say, "Here, see, like, see if you like it, see if you're good at it, and it can open well, up." Like, you, you know, I mean, if you, if you, there's, and we have the thing about in Mississippi, we have a lot of multi-sport uh, athletes. So, um, I think it'll be good for them, and even if it's just they're just doing it just to stay in shape. You know, you, they might find something that they really like in the sport, and you know, switch over. Right? They might see they're more successful. We we start to see a lot of football players. Uh, stick with track so mm -hmm. um, it's it's a uh, opportunity for a lot of kids down there and they get to travel and they get to uh get out of the, the city some and, and and just compete and have fun and do some stay out of trouble that's the so, main yeah <laughs> you've had you've had such an amazing career Brittany like I um since you started as a pro in 09 to now, you've just been like gold medals almost every year <laughs> at Worlds and at the Olympics. Just so, killing it. Yeah, your consistency is insane. Um, is Do you think we can talk about that? And do you think that's your plan to start a track club is going to come after the Olympics next year? Is this looking like to be your last Olympics? Yeah, so that door is closed. <laughs> after this Olympic, that door is closed. Um you deserve it. This will definitely be my last Olympics. Um, the door is cracked for 2022. Uh, I know. And I will say it's cracked only because world championships is in the United States. So mm -hmm. if it wasn't, I probably would just at the Olympics be done. So I'm going to see how my body holds up and see where my motivation is at after the Olympics mm -hmm. and go from there. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm in the same boat as you. If that 2022 yeah. was somewhere else, I'd be like, I don't know if I can hang yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> if it was somewhere else, I probably would be like, no, I'm good. 
Yeah, mid thirties yeah. is hard, you guys. I just yeah. love it. <laughs> you know what? I found like I'm just having a good time. Like I'm just like it's just let's have a good time. Let's see what happens here. Yeah. So, but you know, it is interesting. I think uh, when people watch, you know, just Brittany, someone just is like on top, on top. They're like, wait, you're not gonna just like do this forever? I want to yeah. see you like 50 years old, just <laughs> jumping. What are you doing? And it's like yeah. I have other things I also want yeah, to do. Yeah, I have other goals, other dreams that I want to accomplish. Yeah, like I said I have a 13 year old now. He's he's starting his own sports, and I want to be able to, you know, go check him out on his games and his meets and things. He does track also, so. I want to be able to, to spend time, quality time with him. You know, the COVID situation helped out a lot. We spent more, a lot more time together uh, during this time, but he's getting older. And, and I already know I'm about to be getting the boot pretty soon because he's going to have his own friends and be want to go places. So I got to get my little time in before that happens. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's so true. Oh my gosh, I can't even, you literally are making me have all these feelings. My kids are babies and I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, 13, what are you going to do? Come back and forget and snuggle me. <laughs> pick your nose. <laughs> right. I love it. That's so great. And um, yeah, you know, just talking about the fact that, you know, you spend a lot of time, especially with the Diamond Lake, traveling overseas and being able to be back and do summer ball or whatever with, with your son. That's so important as a, as a parent, but also, you know, just allows you more opportunities to do your thing yeah. and also be, be mom. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It, it, it opened up a lot of more doors for, for us um, as a family. Yeah. I love that. Um, so let's talk about how things are going now for you specifically. Like how are things going now? Um, you talked a little bit vaguely about how things are going with like the whole COVID situation, yeah. but we want to know like about your training group, yeah. coaching details. Um, yeah. Things like that. Yeah, so right now we're, I think we're in our second cycle. Um, so all that, um, getting into shape is, is, is coming into play strength and uh, endurance and things like that. We, we kicked it off um, the first week of October. So um, we're just ramping up for, um, for Thanksgiving comes around and we'll start our third cycle. But uh, as of that, the training group is good. Like I said earlier, we're a little bit smaller than normal because of the situation. Um, but we still have a, a really good group and everything is going well. Um, so I'm looking forward to this year and I really did hate that, you know, the COVID situation came around cause I felt like I was in the best shape then. I, I mean, I was in some good shape <laughs> early in yeah. the, uh, and then I had to just slow down and get right back. And like, this is the worst part of training for me. Like I hate running. Like I yeah. literally hate running and I had thought I was done running and then I got to go run again in Oxford like now. So it's just... <laughs> It's, it's that base part of the season, right? Yeah, it's it's where you everything just hurts and <laughs> you don't know what to do. Like everything, the the weight room, like you you feel it all the time, and uh, it's the worst part of being a professional athlete. But so you took this year and kind of pretended like it still went. Yeah. So what we did is um, once we found out that there was no going to be no Olympics or anything I kind of basically took the the season off but we still trained um mm -hmm. we just did light things like things in the grass and a little bit of light weights just to stay um fit some type of way mm -hmm. um 
And then we took all of September off and kicked back up in October. So I've been in some form of a shape. Now I didn't get a completely out of shape. So um, it wasn't mm-hmm. too bad. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So, it, it, I mean, I really don't think that's the thing. I really think you can get that. If you're constantly in shape for as yeah. long as you've been a professional, 10 years, um, you know, taking three months off. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I've taken longer off I and come been. back and <laughs> run relatively well. So, um, or competed relatively well. So yeah. I really think that it's probably good for you, especially, you know, as we yeah, are it was a little bit of rest. more seasoned athletes, a little bit, you know, put that yeah, marinated yeah, athlete. You know, we're marinated, not older, yeah. we're marinated. Yeah, because my, my bones isn't good marinated. <laughs> <laughs> That's some good marinade. I have, I have to marinate them in the tub almost every time. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. So with when you're at uh, practice, uh-huh. who's your son home with? Himself. He's older than Okay. So he got it. <laughs> he can do all the other stuff. You you don't even have to does he also is he able to attend any practice? Any practice with well, you? Well when that's kind of what when, I'm asking. As of now, no. Okay. They, they can't. Um nobody's allowed on, on campus on Oh, so he can't even come watch the beast work. I mean, I'm just having these visions of like yeah, he, you know he when when I before all this, oh yeah, he was I homeschooled him for a little bit. He was yeah. there. Um yep. But he knows everybody. He and it, I love bringing him to the track because he gets yeah. the opportunity to see just how hard people work. And we mm-hmm. put in the work. Like some of the stuff that we do, we put him in and make him jump in mm-hmm. because I mean he's a kid and tire him out some. Yeah, but, uh, has this been a so it wasn't? I was thinking, oh, it could have been an opportunity for him to kind of just you know because usually as parents you you do stuff with your kids, but when you're going to work, you also want the opportunity to just dig in and do your own thing. Yeah. So he hasn't no, he, even got he to. Goes, yeah, he goes, yeah, he sticks by my coach a lot and he asks, he loves to talk. So he asks tons of questions. Uh, <laughs> and I train with the uh, all blind, um, Lex Gillette. He's the. Uh, Lex is the best. Yes. I train, he loves Lex. And he will, Lex, I'll take you here. So he know how to guide Lex to mm-hmm. his next station and things like that so uh, he loves to come to the track they, I feel they like he has so many good role models uh track yeah. olympic yeah. athletes um so can you talk our listeners that might not know as much about you like you That's adopted true. alex a few years ago can you tell us about being a single yeah. mom and how he came into your life and what it's like now full-time with him yeah 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 uh so um he's actually i've known his 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 biological mother for years we grew up together um so situations happened with her and he ended up staying with my mom for about two years and then um I decided that I'm just going to bring him with me so I just adopted him and brought him in with me so he's he's technically he's my godson but um I just adopted him and brought him along with me so he's been living with me since he was about six or seven I think about seven years old so uh it's, it's not bad, you know, like I said, he talks a lot, but he's active. He thinks he's my dad right about now. Like He's at that age where he questions me. Like, <laughs> if I come in the house and then I leave right back out, he's calling me, where you going? And like, yeah, he's... That's yeah. love, though. That's yeah, love, love, though. Really. Like I said, it's, I know it's going to die down, so I try not to, like, get... Like, why are you in my business? But I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love it so much. It's a good, it's a good journey. It's been a good journey with him. Um, like I said earlier, he's in sports himself. So 
he actually has a basketball tournament that we're going to get ready and go to. Um, he plays basketball. I coach him a little bit on the side with that, him and his friend, um, just to have some little, some time with them. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And like Molly was saying, you know, your son has so many great role models, obviously starting with you. Um, And more importantly, you know, you have an opportunity in sport. I think, you know, we have such a great opportunity to teach so much about character. And you even wrote um, an op-ed, you know, speaking out about, you know, what we need to do with anti-doping. Can you talk a little bit about that, that op-ed that you did? And he had me write an op-ed too. He helped me write it and it was back oh, when yeah, yeah, passing yeah, the yeah, Rodjenkov yeah. Act. And he, because yeah, you're from yeah. Mississippi, he was like, oh, we need yeah. the, the Congress people yeah, there. Yeah. Me. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's definitely, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. For you too. Like there's a lot of Russians on yeah. the podium. There's a lot of Pretty countries mm-hmm. that are notorious for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I had the opportunity to be the be the Russian and luckily uh it didn't affect me because she ended up getting banned, uh well not banned, but you know, suspended uh a couple of years ago, not too long ago, and she was a triple jumper and long jumper. So we we see a lot of Russians in my sport, I mean my event, but um lately there's only been one Russian and it's the one that they kind of really don't like because she's actually getting to compete because uh, she trains in Florida. She doesn't really train out there in Russia. Mm-hmm. So. What was her name? Is it Dar- Daria? Daria her name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she's the only one that, um, as on the Russian side right now, uh, is competing in my event. But, you know, it. it I just don't understand how doping and jumping mix, but that's not my business, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, know, I guess right? what my question is, just like talking about, yeah, it doesn't, but whatever. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. okay. It's like, anyways, we have a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. Where people are, you know, like you can't. Yeah, okay, but... whatever. The weed ban. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. The gun goes off and you're high. Like, it's, yeah. like you don't really have an advantage. You're literally. Yeah, like, like I, I hate that. I hate that part too. <laughs> that's pretty funny. It's just like that's the gun. Whoa, was that a gun? It's a dis- <laughs> it's a disadvantage. It's a disadvantage for sure. Like, it's a disadvantage. You sure. Don't do that to you. Um, <laughs> Um, but I guess what I'm asking is, you know, just an opportunity for integrity though, to teach your son and, you know, does he know anything about doping and what you've done in, in, you know, speaking up about anti-doping and, I have uh, what do you think also needs to change with that? Yeah. 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 I haven't had that conversation with them, uh, about, you know, that type of stuff yet. Um, because I haven't been affected, which. Actually, honestly, I probably need to have that conversation with him, but uh, I haven't been affected by it um, yeah. as of right now. Um, but yes, yeah, you're all gold all the time. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I'm gonna have to have that all day. Yeah, yeah, I've only been second twice, so not, and the people that beat me, I, I doubt it. But uh, <laughs> I want to be B Reezy when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I wish I, I wish I could say that. <laughs> Not I know, but at least you, you had that, that uh, for you too. Yeah. You know, it's it was, it's, it's, it's not all good, but hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, it, it sucks because I just hate when good people don't get rewarded. Like Eric, Eric um, Kennard is out here right now. And mm-hmm. they just found out that one of the high jumpers just got caught and he was fourth in that. And I just hate that for him, um, for anybody that, 
was in that fourth position or in that previous position and missed out on the opportunities that could have came yeah. with getting third or getting second or getting, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't understand that that's money. Like it's money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sport doesn't generate NFL NBA type of money. So when you get opportunities to get on the podium, that's money. Like, mm-hmm. and then you miss that, you miss that money. You miss that um, ex- the type of exposure that you can, that can lift you to something else, you know, uh, potential uh, uh, endorsements, you know, it's just, it, it sucks for people like that. And that's, that's one thing I really hate about our sport because it's, it seems it's getting better, but it seems like it's all coming out at once. And it just, you see just how corrupt and how sad our sport really is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Back to back, almost like every month, somebody else getting caught. And it's like, this is terrible. Yeah. And it's also just doesn't, you know, farewell for our clean athletes, you know, people who are trying to have new eyes on the sport, thinking that every single person is doping when it isn't, you know, there are, I I truly believe the vast majority of athletes are not doping. It's just when you dope, you allow yourself an opportunity to level up. Um, And so those are the athletes that you see. Um, But yeah, um, I, I just think like the point that you made about it also being money and opening up more doors for athletes um, is really important to see because not only that, it also allows more space for entrepreneurial um, ideas to be taken in. People love saying, oh, you're a Olympic medalist. You're a, you know, oh, we want to hear more of your ideas. We can latch yeah. onto that. We can bring that into our business. That's going to be, that's going to fare well for your business. Exactly. So, um, and especially, you know, talking about Eric, the fact that he's a field eventer, you know, we keep talking yeah. about field events being yeah. underpaid. Um, so and he's constantly, yeah. you know, making teams and, you know, I mean, he does have Olympic medal, but then I think it was some world championships to where he, he missed out on yeah. having that yeah. medal too. So getting that recognition. Well, so. I'm happy that we have you as an example of, of greatness, you know, year in and year mm-hmm. out of clean athletes, because that's truly what yeah. we do need. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I hope that my hope for the future is that the people will be able to put B Reese on their wall and okay. know like, this is what I can achieve by just being myself and working really, really hard, right. being a community leader. Like, you know, there's so much that you gain from being like, think about being the athlete that gets it all taken away from them. You know, yeah. the fact that yeah. you get to hold that and that people get to look up to that. I don't know. I look forward to that for my own kids to, you know, yeah, yeah. You know sh- tell them who you are. And yeah. 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 Think about the Brittany Reese's that are fourth or fifth because of yeah. doping. And they yeah. don't get to do that as high of um, and I think exposure. a lot of it also is because of our, like the United States, we don't, we test so much. Mm-hmm. Like I'm one of the highest tested athletes uh, in our sport. Mm-hmm. And, and you're also at the training center. So they're just like hanging out. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> can they, you, they here. Can you talk about every month? Once yeah. Month? Okay. And every, like, so random, but, do you yeah. guys all have the same coach at the training center or who, who's coaching? No, so we have, um, how many coaches we have? We have th- four coaches at the, the training center. Um, two of the coach, we have five. I'm bad. We have two of them are jumper jump coaches. Um, we have a throws coach. We have a multi coach and then we have a, um, para coach that coaches just para athletes. Awesome. So, um, everybody has their own little their own little group and did and, you and alicia overlap at all at the training center did you guys 
don't think so. Oh no, I, I, I just got here left. in 2012. So I think oh, he was okay. Gone. Yeah, I was out 2000. No, I was actually gone two years before her. Yeah, so. Yeah. I was only there just rehabbing my poor little foot. <laughs> and then I was like, I got to get back to my coaching. <laughs> Using the dorm. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love coach. Actually, Coach Cruz, I was in all yeah. seriousness, I was with Coach Cruz. Um, he's amazing. He's like the most amazing like person. On the, I love him so much. He's, um, he, he's so cool. But I just um, I just couldn't do the environment like, you yeah. know. So Ooh, I thought you were about to say that workouts. I'd be watching the oh. workout. I'd be like, ain't no way. <laughs> no, his workouts were great. I love the workouts. Yeah. I actually, I like doghouse type of workouts where you yeah. look at it on paper and it looks like, you know, you're just going to die. You're going to die. I like that's that's how how I love workouts. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be watching his athletes. I was like, ain't no way. I yeah. 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 What, what well, do you do in a typical practice, Brittany? Like yes. you do, you do some running. I know you've done all yeah, kinds of jumps. Running. Um, yeah, I do 60. I go jump in some sprint races. Um, but um, typically we only really jump once a week. Um, a lot of it is technical, te- technical things and running. So right now we're in our stage where we're lifting Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Um, we're doing hills on Tuesdays on Thursday we're running stadiums and and doing plyometrics so uh and then Fridays we're running also running 150s so we're in that stage right now it's not too bad but then we kick it up and do uh sprint endurance and and then we do a lot of 90 90 meter runs and things like that so those is when it it starts to you start feeling the bubble guts in your stomach. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So I have a dumb question. Um, Just based on your basketball background. (laughs) I love that. She says, okay. (laughs) Thank you for indulging me in this dumb question. Can you, can you have you, or do you think you can dunk a basketball with all your skills? I have. Um, (laughs) Is there a video? I have, I, my mom has the video. Uh, she has well, on, we need uh, the video. <laughs> yeah, she has on probably old, not CDs, but before that, cassettes. That's, oh, <laughs> that's, that's, old, that's old school. Yeah, old VHS yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. She has it on that. Yeah, I, I, I could, don't even I know could what it's dunk called. In high school. Yeah, I could dunk in high school. I could dunk, uh, and I played community college basketball, and I was, we had a play for me to actually uh, dunk it in there. But sometimes I did, sometimes I just tapped it in a, if a girl i was playing in high school dunked on me i would just <laughs> i think <laughs> you just had me thinking crazy do you see yourself entering the league oh <laughs> yeah your re- retirement plan let's go I, I thought about it i'm not even gonna lie i've been thinking about it but um the way WNBA is it's almost like track and field like to make money is overseas you're not going to make money the grind is yeah. still there. Yeah. Uh-huh. You still yeah. have to go. You have to live over there. Even though the accommodations are better. I, I talked to a friend of mine who I went to college with and he played overseas. So he kind of like filled me in on how it would be. And basically you live over there, but you, you can take your family. You'll have a chauffeur. You'll have, you know, places you can go eat for free and things like that. But I don't know if I want to live over there. That's, that's, mm-hmm. thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't mind going but I don't think I want to live out over there for like six months out of the year. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. And like I you did, said, with, with Alex being in his yeah, own sports, I can just make, it really make it to the WNBA, but I think feel, I just feel like I would have to go establish myself overseas to let them know that I can play. Right. 
Unless I use my status like Marion Jones did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Use my status, get on the team. <laughs> that would be great. Well, um, if you do that, I'm, of course, rooting for you. And I will yeah, be, I'm yeah. already got my WNBA league pass. So if you guys don't have that, you have to get it. I have like, that already. It. Yeah. I yeah. Love it's it. a whole deal. We need it to be more accessible for us to watch women's sports, women's basketball. But right now, it's a start. Everybody, WBA yeah. is not paying for this ad. I just, we have to go buy league passes and we have to support women's sports however we can. Yeah. The way that we're able to generate funds is by doing this and then hopefully, hopefully more yeah. mainstream, which is what we need to be. Totally. Yeah. yeah. They did a really good job with the COVID situation on um, putting them on TV a little bit more. Um, yeah. But I know they still had some trouble with some stuff. Yeah. 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 So, um, so, okay. The purpose of this podcast is to better tell stories of women athletes that um, stories are not otherwise told in the way that you, the women, who would want them to be told. What are some things that um, you would like to share with our audience that isn't, maybe it's out there, but maybe you want to kind of drive it home a little bit better or that isn't out there? As far as like personality or things like that? Your story. Yeah. 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 What do you Your want story. Um. I don't know if people, it may seem like I'm uh, talkative, but I'm shy. Like, I'm not that type of a person that's going to, I mean, I'm I'm getting better at it because you see me now on social media trying to speak out more and trying to be, um, because I know um, I have a lot of kids looking up to me because I've, I've been so successful. Now that I have that spotlight on me, I have to raise my standard and raise my voice. And so now you see, you're seeing a, uh, let's call it an elevated beast. Like you're trying to see me speak out more, trying to see me um, engaged more in the community than I have been. Um, You're just going to, I'm just, I just want to make sure I'm driving home um, a lot of girls in the community um, that they can be successful, especially my community. Um, We have, we had a period in the time where it was just like a lot of deaths and a lot of things going on in my community. And I had to go down and like, Every time I go home, I go and speak to a school. I mean, obviously, I can't do that now, but um, I will go speak to speak to the youth and uh, be at some of the big events, track meets, basketball games. I try to show my face wherever I can every time I go home because um, I want them to know that uh, even though I'm successful, I'm still here. Like, I, mm-hmm. I came from this city, and mm-hmm. I want you to know that you can do the same thing. And so that's why I put my face every time I come home. You're going to see me. I even announced it on Facebook. I'm home. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> and then I'll get inboxes and people are like, oh, can you come to this? Or can you come to that? Or can you come speak here? I'm on it. Let me know what time. I'm only going to be here for a couple of, like a week or so. But uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm just trying to be more outspoken and take away that that's the shy be Reese that everybody, well, everybody don't really know I'm shy, but... Yeah, your teammates. Um, But yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's so important. I love that you shared that so much because I think that's going to help so many younger people, especially as they're honing into their own selves. You know, they're finding their voice. Um, Obviously, everybody speaks out um, at their own Mm. pace you know, yeah. and comfort level, but it is important for everyone to hone in on their voice, especially on issues that matter. And, yeah. um, you know, like you said, your platform's so great. There's so much that we get to learn and uh, by way of just watching you yeah. that, um, I know that that means so much to, um, you know, the, the younger 
kids, you know, the younger so athletes to people. To me. Yeah, for sure. I try to mentor a lot of kids. I have one girl I just picked up. Um, I, each year I try to mentor at least one girl. My last girl ended up, she grew up on me, so she has San Diego State. Um, <laughs> she dude, grew up on me. And then kids, nah, she can, she can uh, text me if she needs me, but um, I picked up another little, a, a new track uh, athlete that she's 13. She's around the same age as my son, so um, I, that's one thing that I've been trying to do is keep maybe like two or three kids and just mentor them up and um, guide them in the right direction. This girl is hungry. I'm, I'm mm, telling you, I, I, and I told her yesterday that she's far along than I was. I didn't know what I wanted at 12, 13. She knows exactly what she wants. She's mm. not, she's not playing any games. And she, luckily she has a mom that um, I competed against her in high school and she has a mom that understands track and field. And so her mom, she has a really good mom that helps her out. And uh, so, but just guiding the youth uh, because they yeah. are the future and we have to get them in the right direction for our sport. Mm-hmm. And we can, if we can get these kids on the right track, I think our sport can elevate and be better. Yeah. 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 Is that something you noticed as you got older, Brittany? Like I know, um, I, there's a lot of athletes, some love the spotlight, some shy away. And I feel like as you get older, you feel like you need to open yourself up more and like reach out more. Um, yeah, I, I was, yeah, been- I could care less about the spotlight. As you see, I'm that type of athlete. Everybody laughs at me, but I'm the athlete. I get in, do what I got to do. And I come home. Like, I don't want to stay around. I'm, I'm ready to be at my house. <laughs> that's how, that's how I'm still kind of that person now, but now I'm trying to open up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And, um, give back a little bit more and I know that the youth is where it starts which is why yeah. I so many camps back at home which is why I want my own track club which is why you know I invest mm-hmm. in the youth that's my that's that's just my thing because they yeah. are the ones that can carry this this uh this sport well the process to even how you've <clears throat> just, you know opened up to talk to, to be more open now makes a lot of sense though I mean you do have to protect you know, your zone and yeah. you've had to have an opportunity to build that without letting all the voices and infiltration kind of come in. And that is the nature of the beast. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's true though, you know, and so um, I just think that it's important that you did have an opportunity to grow and now you can even yeah. share that part coming back, but you are giving it back, you know, yeah. um, it doesn't have to be it, you know, for everybody in the beginning, yeah, but yeah. yeah, it's not I, I for everybody. my own pace. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I was, um, it's funny. I'm obviously super shy. Everyone who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but it's just different for me on the track. I, I don't know. I wouldn't use the word shy at all, but I just like going in doing my thing, you know, I'm like your alter ego yeah. and then kind of just go and play Monopoly and do all the other yeah, things. Like, that, the- that's me. That's me. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I just try to I go Think about to something else. And I go yeah. some, I go in my room and I close the door. And I, you'll yeah. see me at lunch, dinner, or breakfast. <laughs> well, I think I love it. A lot of people don't know, like at that top level, you need all your energy like a laser beam. Like nothing yeah. can really. It's so hard that like you can't yeah. really spend it anywhere else, especially when yeah. you're yeah. In, in the season and you're like, I mean, you're trying to win an Olympic gold medal. So exactly. totally, it's a. Yeah. It's I can a imagine. <laughs> it's totally, and I can only imagine at dinner. You know, everybody who's listening. A lot of times when you're overseas, it's like there's like a concentration of a space where all the athletes go eat and can just even be. And that's just it just is too much. Yeah. Um, people talk about the village. It's just too much. And so I can only imagine 
being a multiple time gold medalist and you're not, at, you're not looking for an opportunity to be interviewed. You just want to be like relaxing and then someone's to, like yeah. coming in and interviewing yeah. you and you're just like, dang it. Like, I yeah. Just yeah, that's why I tell my agent, like, um, mm-hmm. if I'm, if it's not nothing big, like an NBC or, you know, something super major, let me like keeping track podcast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, nah, y'all are good. Hey, it's the, it's the <laughs> no, if it's not anything like I'm sorry, I'm saying like more at uh, world championships, Olympic time. If it's not yeah. no, no big, nothing big or serious that it's mandatory. Allow me my space until after, you know, yeah, let me, smart. Let me have that. Like yeah. before I get there, interview me before I get to the village. Yeah. Interview me before I get to the world championships. Yep. Buy in. Yeah. Don't and wait it's, I get there to to try to interview because I. Yep. I don't want to. I don't want to talk. And, about it. and that's you, how they do. Questions and that's how they do it too. It's like yeah. you get yeah. a thousand interviews. Like the like at major marathons, you get like yeah. a, the day before you run a marathon, you just have like one thousand interviews, and you're like, what? <laughs> this is literally. No. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing that I will say, Coach Cruz. I always hold this. Coach Cruz said, "They're doing their job. You do your job." And it's just kind of funny. I would just I held on to that, and like there was a couple of times where I, for the first round, like I had to just walk through when I was with Coach Cruz, and I felt so bad because part of my job was like I think interviewing. He's like, "No, they're going to yeah. ask you questions about things that are going to drain your energy. Just walk through and just be polite," you know. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but anyway, through, yeah, I mean, think about that part. Yeah. Oh, when they walked through, they'd be like, yeah, you're like, yeah. all the cameras <laughs> and all the people lined up. Soon. Well, how did you feel? Well, how did it go? Like, I still got one more, like I got I finals coming up tomorrow. Like I got to yeah. get back to the hotel and recover. And, yep. and, and, and well, here's the deal. You wrote the rubric. We need to listen to you about how to get it done. So everybody else, like, don't tell me how to do this. Uh, exactly. So when you write that manual, Brittany, I'm buying it. You. I'm, I you know, you. I'll be distributing it. So how to get it done? Boom. By you. Right. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Keeping Track Podcast. Where can we follow you? Um, websites, merch. Drop it here. Let us know. So you can follow me on Instagram, the LJ Beast. And you can also follow me on Twitter, the LJ Beast. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Brittany Reese. Um, merch will be coming soon. I'll be announcing that next year, um, coming up for the Olympics. So other than that, yeah, those are the two platforms that I'm mainly on. Uh, follow me. I follow back if you don't talk crazy. Brittany, can we donate, <laughs> can we donate to the scholarship fund? Is that open yes. for donation? Uh, yes, for sure. Uh, I will actually release something uh, in uh, next couple months, and I will I will send it to you. You guys can can announce it. We'll post it. Yeah. Okay, we'll post it. We'll make sure we do a shout out in the beginning of uh, of our podcast as well. Gotcha. So. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much, everyone. You. you know all the places to go follow Miss um, Brittany Reese. Um, again, her Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. and then just. Oh, she's going to be announcing when her merch is dropping in 2021 and also yes. where we can donate to her foundation. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then Perfect. watch her on TV. <laughs> Beasted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so All much right. for keeping track. Thank you. Thanks, Brittany. Bye. Have a good practice. Bye. Thank keep you. track. Keep track. Keep track. Keep
Major shout-outs to What Cheer Writers Club Podcasting Studio, a nonprofit supporting Rhode Island's content creators and where Roshin and I record, and to Rudy Nakashima for our funky outro song. Thanks, guys. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.